0: Impact and fixed spec, this is Founders Anonymous, the podcast that helps you move your business up a gear. I'm your host, David Trot,
1: And I'm Chris Lees.
0: Welcome to Founders Anonymous. I'm David Trott. And coming up this week, how to get your groove on. We wrap up our productivity mini series with some tips for staying focused and getting stuff done. How to become a millionaire we turn to TikTok this week to understand the easy road to riches. With me as always is Chris. How has your week been?
1: My week has been awesome so far. I got up this morning buzzing with a brand new business idea that I am super, super excited about. I shan't share it with you, but all I can say is I'm going to be, you know, a millionaire pretty soon. You'll see me on TikTok. (laughs) Great. Great. And what about you? How's your week going?
0: Yeah. Yeah. My week's all right. Yeah. I'm knackered. I I, I, I say that that every week, don't I?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I'm just,
0: I'm not getting enough sleep and I'm up too early. That's why.
1: There's an easy solution to that. Yeah,
0: there is. Don't have children.
1: (laughs) Okay. So, so far this series, we've put on our head torches and delved into the crevices of productivity. We've looked at what your time is worth, how you manage your time and how to organize your tasks. So, this week we wrap up our mini series on productivity with how to get stuff done or how to stay in the zone, as those Americans would say. So, you know, a big question has been plaguing me throughout this entire series, which is David, do you ever get anything done?
0: <laughs> no, anything at all. <laughs> anything no, at all? <laughs> I, not this week. No, absolutely not. Um, it's really interesting. I like that we're covering this in the last part of this mini series because this is what. This is something that I I still struggle with now. I don't think I've quite figured out this whole idea of of how do you get motivated when you're not feeling it? Yeah. Right. So I can I can describe that feeling, the not feeling it. I know what that place is. <laughs> it's a place where I'm I'm sluggish and I'm demotivated and everything feels like a long, hard slog, and I'm looking at my task list and I don't want to do any of them. Because I'm knackered and I just think, oh, maybe another coffee will help. And it never does because I'm over-caffeinated and then I'm all jittery. And then I can't do anything because I you know, I can barely type because I've had too much caffeine. Right. So I, I know that place. You're twitching a bit right now, in fact. Little, well, I'm overtired, yeah. aren't I? Okay. I'm, I'm drinking
1: coffee right now. So, you know. Okay. So I, I think it's a feeling that most people can recognize. You know, it's, it's that ineffective piece. That's the easy mode to recognise when nothing quite gets done, right? And so we want to focus not necessarily on what's bad, but what's good. And is there anything that we can do to kind of identify, uh, you know, the conditions in which we realise that we're going to go down a bad path in terms of productivity, so that we can stop it quickly?
0: Yeah, sure. So I think I think the first thing to say is this this mood that you get in, right? This low productivity thing this low motivational thing, it's not just a resting state, right? You don't just enter that mood and then you're in it till you're out of it, right? It it has its own heartbeat. It has its own life cycle and it Mm. goes like this. So you you feel a bit crap and because you feel crap and demotivated, whatever you try and do, whatever tasks you try and do take you much longer than they normally would, Mm. or you fail to finish them, or you make a start and it, you know, you get distracted and you do something else. And what that does is it kind of cements this idea that things aren't right and that you're, you know, you, you're not doing it well enough and that you're failing in some way. And what that then does is feed back into the first stage, which is where you feel demotivated and sluggish. Yeah. Because not only are you in a low mood, but now you've got this added burden of the fact, well, I'm, I'm just not getting shit done now, right? Mm. So it, it can spiral out of control quite easily. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I was trying to figure out, well, what, what is it that gets you out of that? And the default way of thinking about this is that the thing that's going to get you out of it is just to get something done, right? Yep. You just tackle something. And you know, as, as long as I get that project finished, then it, you know, I'll be able to do everything else. As long as I can just get this bit of work done, everything else will flow. Hmm. And that was where, where I just sort of assumed that was the route out of it. Until I realized that that's total bollocks. Okay. I think what the real route out of this isn't about getting the stuff done. It's about tackling your mindset, first mm-hmm. of all, because you need to get your own head in a frame of mind where you're not constantly berating yourself and not getting stuff done. Yeah. And your job isn't to do task number A... Your job isn't to do task number one, task number two, task number three, and tick them off the list. Your job is to tackle your own attitude and your mindset so you're in the right place where you can do task one, task two, and task three.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay?
0: So you hear people talking about this thing that I am obsessed with called flow state, right? Mm -hmm. So flow state is that moment where you're so all consumed with a task. You're so focused on it and it just works, right? Yeah. It just happens.
1: So is, is that the equivalent of the student pulling the all-nighter right before the deadline? You know, they, they leave their assignment till the very last minute and then they suddenly, you know, hopped up by Red Bull or, or whatever they're drinking, like they just pull an all-nighter, they do the big essay or whatever, they get it in just before the deadline and then they spend the next three weeks recovering from that. Um, is that what you're talking about? That sort of, that level of concentration?
0: Well, I think your all-nighters were probably very different to my all-nighters at university. The, the, I, I was the king of the all-night essay, right? The okay. last minute okay. rush, but the, the quality was never great, right? It was just good enough. I just got it done. So I wouldn't get bollocks in the tutorial the next day, right? That, okay. that, yeah. That's kind of where, where it was. But if, if you're pulling an all-nighter because you are just engrossed in the work yeah. and what you're producing is really good, then that's the flow state. Okay. Okay. So it's not necessarily about how quickly you get something done, or how close to the deadline, or what your work rate is. It's about being all consumed with the task in a way that is enjoyable and just works, right?
1: But it, but is is that need to hit a deadline? is is that one of the drivers that forces people into the flow state. What I'm trying to get at is is kind of the conditions that forces people or allows them to enter into this flow state.
0: Yeah, sure. So I think I think it can be, but I don't think it necessarily always is, right? Deadlines are really useful in terms of just forcing you to act because you have no other choice. Yeah. Right, but they might not necessarily be conducive to to working in a a positive way or, or one that's particularly productive, but deadlines have their place, right? So I've got my own ideas about what gets people into a flow state. And I say that with a huge caveat, which is that I, I actually think it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think what works for me might not necessarily work for you or any of our listeners. Okay. Well, so before I get to that, what about you? What gets you into that mindset where you're really productive and motivated?
1: Um, so I get very excited about new things. If I have a great conversation with a customer and we come up with a brand new way of doing something, and I'm really excited by that, then yeah, I, I'm in that mode of I want to get this done. Yeah. Right. And I so I think for me, you know, the the idea of the times that I'm most productive are when I feel like what I'm working on is an important piece of of a bigger picture of mm. something uh, in in the whole right.
0: So what we talking about there. So there's two things there. It's, there, it's the new stuff. Excited about new stuff, new projects. Right. And then there's what feels like a really healthy mindset, which is being aware of the bigger picture, right? The bigger goal that you're working yeah. towards.
1: Yeah. Which we talked about actually in the in the very last episode, which is the idea of constantly reviewing and making sure that you understand the next, you know, the next six months, nine months instead of just focusing on what's ahead of you. Yeah. Right. Sure. But what about you? What what is it that keeps you motivated?
0: Right. So I think I'm quite like a horse. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so let me why tell you, the
1: long face? <laughs> like, so
0: let, me, let me tell you what I mean by this, right? So I don't—I actually don't know anything about horses. I don't trust them; they're too big. Um, but what little I do know about horses is they're quite skittish, right? And they're easily mm-hmm. distracted. Unlike, you know, they would run headfirst into a, a field of battle, but if they see a traffic cone out of the corner of their eye, they'll just freak the fuck out, right? So. I think I have a similar mindset to a horse in that I am very easily distracted and I am very, very conscious of my environment. For me, it comes, there are four things that I, I have to try and tackle in order to be at my most productive. And the first of those is about my environment and the place. So where I am, what I can see, what the lighting's like, what the ambiance is like, what the what music or sounds I can hear whether my chair's comfortable, whether I feel comfortable, or whether my clothes are comfortable. I mean, it's just if something is a little bit off, then oh, it'll just drive me insane. Um, and kind of related to that is the distractions thing. So we've spoken on a previous episode in this mini-series about notifications and emails coming up and phone pinging with everything that happens on Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Um, I have to be really disciplined about cutting that stuff out as best yeah. I can. Yeah, I can't do it all the time because of the nature of the work we do, but as much as I can, I have to minimize those distractions. So once I've sorted out my environment and once I've minimized distractions as best I can, then it's about, kind of related to what we were saying about deadlines, it's just getting started. Mm. It's about tackling a smaller part of a larger job yeah so if i've got a piece of work that's going to take me two and a half hours to complete and i sit down and think right i'm going to have to spend two and a half hours on this then straight away my mindset feels wrong whereas if i think all i'm going to do right now is just i just need to do five minutes on this just to make a start nine times out of ten once i've done five minutes i'll just keep going
1: yeah yeah
0: so three things there, I've said there are four and I'm going to come on to the fourth in a minute. I think you will agree with the fourth one, but the three things that I have like sort of immediate control over are my environment, distractions, and just getting the fuck started. Yeah. Right. The fourth one, which is much broader, is just this idea of, do you actually love what you're doing? Mm. Do you actually enjoy, is this something yeah. you want to do? Right. And yeah. if you don't, it can be really hard. It's not possible, but it can be really hard.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and if you don't enjoy what it is that you do, either from a sort of a uh, you, you know a, a mental perspective or a physical perspective, then that's it's just drudge work, right? If it's routine, every single day you're doing something that just stops being fun after a while, then you've got to look for other elements of joy, and you know, so as we go down to. You know our coffee shop down on the corner, Crushed Bean in Croydon. Excellent coffee, highly recommend them. Hi Pam. Um, <laughs> very very good. You look for the joy in that when it's the it's the chats with the regulars. It's the you know getting to know people and, and engaging with your community, and and it's all about those those levels of joy, right? Your personal trainers seeing somebody improve in their fitness. You know these things. That that's really why people do these jobs.
0: Yeah, and I guess the point here is right. Any job, any industry any sector, any role, any function can be monotonous and dull. Mm. It just, it doesn't matter what you do, right? Mm. Everything has that, just by its nature, everything has that element within it. The challenge we have is to burst out of that, right? So let's say you're running a coffee shop. There are two ways to run a coffee shop. You can just treat it as a conveyor belt where you're just churning out cup after cup. Yep. And it's just about what's your flow rate? How many customers are you getting through? What's your average take? you know, average transaction value. Well, you can approach it that way, or you can do what Pam and the team at Crush Bean do, which is they just inject so much joy into it by not only genuinely caring about the people that are turning up and ordering coffee from them, they just treat everyone as friends, right? And it's not just the external customers, right? They have that amongst themselves as a team as well. Mm. And it just feels like a joyous place. And I think like there's lessons in that for everything. Like doing a tax return can be horrific. Is there a way to make that fun? There must be. <laughs> uh,
1: any accountants who are listening to this and think that doing taxes is fun, please let us know because David and I are scratching our heads. We have no idea. <laughs> but um, I mean, there must be. There must be, right? There must be people who enjoy you know, meeting other small business owners, advising them on tax. There, there must be people who enjoy that. <laughs>
0: Your use of the word must is very telling. That must be. Okay. Surely to God, someone must. <laughs> Just one person at least must enjoy tax returns.
1: Would you like me to try that again?
0: <laughs> Let's try it again, but I might keep that bit in. <laughs> okay. So we figured out what our time is worth. We figured out how to manage our time. We figured out how to organize our tasks. So right now, there are listeners who will be sitting there with a the task list that is well-organized and beautiful because mm-hmm. they've listened to last week's episode, mm-hmm. but they're thinking, "Oh, I just don't have the motivation." So, yeah. what's our what are our, our key lessons then? How do they get out of that?
1: I so, there's there's a couple of themes that's come out of all of these all of these episodes. One is about eliminating distractions, keeping focused on what it is that you're you're trying to achieve, trying to see the bigger picture, trying to have take joy, little moments of joy in the work that you're actually doing um, for for your own sanity of absolutely nothing else, but try to enjoy the work that you're actually doing and, and keep, keep yourself motivated. Because um, the, more, the more you enjoy work, the more you feel like you're making progress and that you're making progress towards a bigger goal. Um, that's what keeps you productive at the end of the day.
0: Cool. Listeners, tell us what works for you. What are your secret fail-safe productivity tricks?
1: So let's face it, everybody would secretly love to become rich. And in today's world, you'd be forgiven for thinking that the fastest and easiest way of doing that seems to be to either become a TikTok influencer or to do everything that a TikTok influencer does because they know everything. So, David, we're tackling get rich quick stuff in this week's social breakdown, tell us which TikTok influencer can make me rich overnight? That's
0: such a great question. I have no idea, right? So, because if I knew, I'd be rich. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> I'm not, by the way, I'm not even convinced that the TikTok influencers who suggest that they're rich really are rich. I think they're just blagging it.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. However, they are rich in terms of impressions and reach and views and followers right? Right. So what we're talking about here is something that you brought to the discussion a few days ago. I say something, I mean someone. Okay. Because it's a person. It's a TikTok account of this girl who has created these videos offering, each one is like a, she's, she's mocking up a conversation with herself, which is the thing that happens on TikTok. Yep. Um, but every, every video that she produces is just like one, one little concept and she has amassed, what is it, 2.6 million followers? Yeah, apparently all of those followers in the last week. So what's what's she called? Let me just pull this up on my phone. Um, money Lawyer Erica. Yeah, 11.5 million likes she has on TikTok, which is extraordinary. And there's only a handful of videos here, what, 20, 20, 30 videos or so?
1: so? So the thing that that drew me to her in the first place was, was the idea that somebody has amassed a huge number of followers for videos that, you know, I look at them and I, I sit there and think, why? But I think, you know, if you look at the, 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 um, the, the titles of these videos, they are things like how to get free Nike shoes, <laughs> and how to become a millionaire, which is the one that we're kind of talking about here. And for me, this is, this is, you know, it's pure clickbait, right? There's an awful lot of people in this world who are obsessed by consumerism. They want stuff, ideally, they want stuff for free and therefore they're going to watch any sort of video like this that suggests you can get something for free or little effort. Mm,
0: I don't know. I don't know. And this is really interesting. So I think this is the first time that we've done one of these where you've been more cynical than I have.
1: Right? I'm very cynical about this.
0: <laughs> so yeah. I've watched, I've been watched many of these. I've just watched a handful of these videos, but I've watched the one about the Nike shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, it, it has a clickbait headline, which is get free Nike shoes. Mm. Okay. Uh, the actual video itself isn't about that. The actual video itself, and this, this is something that I think she does really well. The actual video is about Nike's own warranty terms that shops don't necessarily point you towards because they don't want you to know. They've got a two-year replace or refund policy on the, the footwear and you just have to give them the, like the the production number of the shoe or something. And that's kind of the point of the video, right? That if you turn up to any shoe shop with a pair of trainers you've had for 18 months and say they've fallen apart, then the shoe shop's going to just laugh you out of the Shop aren't they? Right, they're just going to yep. kick you out. Yep. Whereas Nike have this warranty, uh, I believe. I haven't yep. fact-checked fact any of this, but according to this video, if it's in the two years, you either replace them for a new pair or you give me the cost of a new pair. Yep. Um, and that's the point of the video, right? So what she's doing, what I think she's doing really well, is she's taking a, a, very, a, a single concept, a single idea, a single piece of advice or value that actually, if you're in that situation is incredibly useful okay now granted yeah, she's given an awful headline which is get free nike shoes and that's not true is it because you don't only if you've got a pair of shoes under two years and they've broken yeah you claim under this warranty right that's that is so so i think that's where the disconnect comes but from the videos i've seen what she's doing is presenting stuff that actually is quite valuable but in a way that's easily digestible in the tiktok format
1: Okay. And so if, if we flick to the other video, which, which has, uh, now that you've just explained it like that, I kind of see exactly the same um, uh, formula essentially in the other video. Yeah. So in the other video where it talks about, you know, how to become a millionaire or, or something like that, she interviews herself and she says, you're a millionaire. Tell me what I need to invest in. And she says, "Well, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you 500 different stocks. I'm going to tell you one stock. And really, what she's doing in that video is she's in, she's describing what a index fund is. So her whole point is, don't go and invest in 500 shares in the S&P 500 index in the United States. Just buy this one thing, and that one thing represents a fractional share of the entire index, yeah. right?" Um, i'm i'm slightly aggrieved by that because i'm somebody who works in trading and finance and so i understand these things naturally but i understand also that that the vast majority of the public would not understand that and actually what she's doing is she's describing what an index tracker is for everybody else yeah the clickbait title of are you going to be a millionaire is entirely <laughs> wrong right but what but what she's done is she's educated people about this really small little thing that possibly has value i might concede on that
0: yeah yeah and i think so what i can't quite figure out is is what alternative she has to that clickbait headline right the purpose of the headline is to get people to watch Mm. that that's its purpose then the content itself does the next job but even still like if her headline was (laughs) it's what an index tracking fund does then nobody's gonna watch that are they
1: Okay. But I think like, so what we're taking away here is that wh- while I was initially quite cynical about it, the idea of what she's trying to do is, is somewhat good and smart. She's taking a complex idea, trying to break it down for a TikTok audience. Um, it's the clickbaity headline that's kind of, that, that, you know, frustrates me, but maybe I just yeah. need to get over it. That's yeah. What you're saying.
0: Sure. Sure. No, I think, I think that's, I think that's a fair summary.
1: Okay. That's it for this week. Thanks everybody for listening. Just before I go though, uh, we are getting towards Christmas. And so I thought that we'd have a little bit of fun. Uh, You know, around Christmas time, everybody loves a secret Santa. And so I'm going to propose that we have a Founders Anonymous secret Santa between David and I. Uh, The rules, if you've never played secret Santa before, here's how it works. You have to buy the other person a gift, no more than five pounds that you think is appropriate for them. Now, why am I telling you this in the podcast? Because you guys listening to the podcast every single week clearly understand David and understand me. And so I'm looking for your suggestions, please. We're going to put our social media handles in the, uh, in the uh, notes for this podcast. If you have a great idea for a secret Santa for David, send it to me. If you have a great secret Santa idea for me, send it to David and we will reveal those things live on it. How about that? Does that sounds like a great
0: idea. Actually, I quite like that. I was terrified when you mentioned Christmas fun because there is nothing I hate more than fun.
1: <laughs> I think this could be. I think this could be very revealing about uh, a who our <laughs> listeners are and b their impression of us. Oh, God. Um, so I think this is a great idea. Anyway, um, that is it for this week. Thanks again for listening. Um, If you have any sort of stories or if you've got any comments at all on the topics we've covered around productivity in the last uh, mini-series, please let us know or get in touch about anything else. Podcast at impactbiz.co.uk. You can also get in touch with us at Twitter, founders and on pod. Please go to uh, Spotify or Apple Music, like the podcast, subscribe, of course, and we'll see you again next week.
0: That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Founders Anonymous
1: is an impact and Fixback production.